Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time nine-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm the program's assistant at Breast Friends of Oregon. And when I have time, I write at a blog or on social media at I Never Liked Pink. So today, my guest is the co-founder of this amazing app called My Care Crew App. And her name is Paula Seafair. And we're going to talk so much about this app today. It really helps alleviate the pain points of someone who is going through treatment and also with their caregivers to be able to reach out to all those friends and family members who want to help, but they don't know what to do. So this app was developed by Paula and a friend and they really, I, I was playing with it last night. It's super cool. There's so many different things we're going to talk about. So Paula, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Me too. So before we get into the cancer and the app, tell us, tell us about your life outside of those things. Well, I am a mom of an eight-year-old, very, very active eight-year-old. Um, I spend a lot of time focusing on, on um, social impact kind of enterprises and figuring out ways that I can contribute to other people's uh, well-being. And, and so that's kind of how I ended up uh, in this area and space. But my my passion right now is, is my son and spending time with him and, and just enjoying and seeing life through his eyes, um, through an eight-year-old's eyes. It's, it's been a learning experience. Um, and other than that, I love traveling. We, we've been lucky before COVID. We now live in Europe. So we've been lucky to get to travel to a lot of places. So that's been that's my second passion is this traveling. Very nice. And I feel you on the, the young preteen son, my son just turned 11 and he's still sweet and wonderful, but there's some days he is a preteen and I'm like, Oh, please help me Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting, I'm getting glimpses of that already. So I, I, I have a sense of what you're talking about. I'm afraid when I see the full blown experience, what that's going to be like. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have faith that we've been good parents and we will continue to support. And that's, that's all we can do is be the best people that we can and try to try to raise good humans. So, well, let's, let's get into why we're here today. And you unfortunately also went through um, a journey Mm -hmm. with cancer, not breast cancer, but something, you know, pretty serious. So let's talk about that and how that leads us into our topic today. So tell me about your diagnosis and all of that good stuff. Not, not good stuff. (laughs) Not good stuff. Yeah. It was totally unexpected and it happened in the most trivial of ways. Um, and this goes to say, you know, you should never ignore that, that hunch that you get sometimes that Mm -hmm. one day I just, I happened to turn my head and I couldn't swallow. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of weird. Why, you know, and then I just kind of let it go for a few days. And then it kept coming back to me. Like, why can I swallow? I mean, it didn't happen a lot of times for some reason that thought stayed in my mind. And I happened to have a doctor's appointment who happens to be a friend, um, on new year's Eve. And, and I said, you know what, this happened to me the other day. And for some reason it stayed with me. And, and then, so he's like, well, well, let's just check it out. Let's get you an ultrasound, go in and, and let's check it out. And so I did a few days later, I went in for the ultrasound, not thinking anything of it. 
Um, right. Because what is, you know, you can't swallow me and like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, I've got something wrong with my tongue or something like yeah, that. Like I never thought cancer. And so I, I, I was actually, at, um, I took my son to Disney world where we were in Florida at the time. And then the next day I was supposed to come back so I could go see, get the test results and I'm going in and I'm thinking nothing of it. I come in, I even bring my son with me. Cause I thought it was going to be like a routine. Mm. Like, and at the time my son was, um, he was like one and a half. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting in the doctor's chair and I, my son was on my lap and your lap, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom was kind of off to the side. I made it a family trip. Cause again, I, I, I didn't think anything right. of it. And the doctor opens the door and he didn't even like say hello or nothing. He just opened the door and said, kiddo, sorry, it's cancer. And, and I'm like, what the I, hell? Yeah. I just mm-hmm. like, at that point, I, you know, like Charlie Brown, where you hear that wah, 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 wah. Yes. From that point on, those are the only three words that I remember clearly he said to me. And then after that, it's just a lot of wah, 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 wah. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do you mean cancer and what stage and, and my son and, and, and am I going to see him grow up? And and it was like this bizarre out of, ex, you know, out of body experience uh-huh. that I went through Um after the fact, and after I came back and kind of replay that experience, I was so angry with that doctor for how do you come in the door, see that I'm sitting there with my son and just blur out it's cancer. Like, how, how do you do that? Um, anywho, that that's how I found out I had cancer. Mm. Um, so it took me to go back again by myself to say, okay, I can need you to tell me again what you told me, but I, I need to now understand mm-hmm. and kind of digest what you're saying. Um, so that was my introduction to, to cancer. And it was thyroid cancer. Is that correct? It was thyroid cancer. Yeah. And what is the treatment for that? There's various, uh, treatments depending on the kind of thyroid cancer. I didn't realize that there was different types of thyroid cancers for the one I have, I had uh, multiple surgeries and then I had radiation, um, therapy for it. And then now I just take like a, a medicine every day, which helps kind of make sure the cancer stays away. Do you still have your thyroid? part of it. Okay. So yes, I, yes. So you do knowing uh, my best friend had her thyroid removed uh, years ago and has to take daily medication because it does important stuff that regulates different things in your body. A lot of things that I didn't even, it almost Mm -hmm. regulates everything in your body from sleep to eating to your like heart. It impacts your heartbeat. I mean, it just has such profound effect on everything that you do, your, your adrenals. It's um, yeah. But you made it through and it's been six years. Is that right? That was in 2014. Okay. Um, so almost eight years. Yeah. Almost eight years. It's And it's been since I got my first NAD, um, then I had to go back and get surgery again because then it regrew and then it spread. Lovely. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's been- The gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. It, it, it is. Um, so then two years ago, it was the second time I got a net, like an official net. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the year my best friend that also was going through cancer was a co-founder of my care crew. She passed away like a month before. Mm. And I just didn't feel like I could enjoy my news. Like I, I just right. felt so like, how could, how could I celebrate knowing that my friend just passed away and her children won't have a mom. And, and so I had my scans a couple of weeks ago and I, I think this is the first time that when the doctor told me your numbers are still, you know, they started looking finally how we want them. They're, they're going in the right direction. You can feel your net. I think it was the first time I could celebrate and said like, oh, 
I could breathe. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure most of you out there know that, but for those of you who don't, and uh, Ned is no evidence of disease. Yeah. And for a lot of cancers now, they don't, they don't really say in remission, they use no evidence of disease. Cause that just seems to be a little more accurate because of potential recurrence and things like that. Yeah. So wonderful news on the scans. What was just the hardest part of hearing those three words that you have cancer? I think because I was a new mom at the time, it was, it was just so just unraveling for me to think that I may not be here for my son. I, he yes. may not, you know, I may not see him go to college. I may not see him get married. And I think, I think if I didn't have a son or a child at the time, as hard as cancer is, I think it would have been able to deal with it better. I think because I was a young mom at the time, it made it that much more stressful for me. Mm -hmm. I 100% feel that I was an old mom. I didn't have my son till 41, but I was or 40, I guess. And I was diagnosed when he was 18 months. So I completely it's feel that. And same, I, yeah. I have all those same fears. And even though I'm five years out from the end of my treatment and things are good, I still have that fear that just, yeah. uh, it just, it's some part of it that never goes away. But so you're, we're going to get to the, the app here in a second, but what did you, there is that fear and the anxiety, but, and, and the trauma, but did you have any good things that came out of your cancer journey? I think, and, and it's kind of come out at the back end of it, right? Because you go into cancer and then you go into this survival mode and, and, and at least for me and what I hear from other people that I talk to that have gone through this experience, it's like you, when you're in that treatment phase and sometimes what's unfortunate is that that treatment phase can last years, right? It's not mm -hmm. like a, a one month, two month thing. It's, it's like, okay, you have surgery, you have four months, five months to get better. Then we can do the next thing Then oh, maybe it came back and then you got to do the next. So it kind of draws out. So you're on mm -hmm. that survival mode. I feel like I was in that space for about three or four years where I was, I had anxiety. I was in highly performing. What, what's that term they use? A high-performing anxiety yes. uh, disorder. So I had that to begin with, right? So I already mm -hmm. had a baseline of anxiety that I dealt with, but I always managed it. It, mm -hmm. it wasn't an issue for me. But going into cancer and being in that survival mode for so long, at one point, I, I just kind of unraveled. And I remember my oncologist um, telling me, you know, maybe it's time you you talk to someone, Um you, I, at the time I was living in Vienna, which is like the home of psychiatry. Right. <laughs> and, and not I, that we and, want you to go talk to Freud. <laughs> no, no. But you know, somebody who knows how to deal with these things. And, and I took a bond and said, you know, I, I, I should, I, I, cause it got, it got out of my hands. It got to the point where I could no longer manage the anxiety. It was managing me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I lost train of thought for the question you 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 originally asked me, I, th I think that was the hardest part for me was having to deal with and being in survival mode for so long so that the gifts that I got out of cancer, I haven't experienced them except for the, like the last couple of years that I've had time to go through therapy, mm -hmm. to understand and work through the trauma of cancer. Um, and not just the, the trauma of cancer, but at least for me, cancer kind of unraveled all my previous traumas that I ignore for the first 45 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of just put it all out there. And it forced me in an unpleasant way to just work through it. Cause either I was going to work through it and get out of that hole that I was in, 
or I was going to be a very unhappy person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it was a big kick in the butt, but it has now that I've kind of said I'm, 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 I'm crawling my way up from that hole. I now can enjoy the benefits of, or, or, or I guess the gifts of, of going through that experience and, and coming out the other end. Definitely. It makes you realize that what's really important in your life. Mm-hmm. And you, you went back and you did the work to process past traumas and past things that weren't working in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely have done the same myself. I was high, I, I wasn't diagnosed high functioning anxiety, but I definitely had anxiety. I was on medication. And as soon as I got my second cancer diagnosis, I just went in and like double that med, please, because there's, there's only so much that I can handle. And I also went to therapy and have spent a lot of time there processing my anger and my grief. Mm -hmm. But I really, it's for me, it just, it turned me into a, not a better person, but a different person who appreciates life in a completely different way. I agree. I agree with you totally. And so this, this journey and the journey of your best friend who has since passed brought you to develop the My Care Crew app. So tell us how your relationship started and where you went from there. My relationship with my friend? Yes. Uh, we, we met back in early 2000. We both worked in technology at the time. I was in Silicon Valley in California. And um, we just, we we became friends from get-go she was very easy to connect with and she was from um from poland and we had the opportunity to work together for over 10 years in in similar teams so we had a lot of joint projects we traveled a lot together we got to see each other's when we got married or when our kids were born and so we we just we we had a really nice friendship over the years um and then through cancer we we kind of got um she she was diagnosed after i was diagnosed and so I think one of the things that brought us closer together is like, she felt like maybe I could be that person she could talk to mm-hmm. that, you know, you could say anything because they'll understand because they've been through it. Um, so we just became really even closer during the years when, when we were both kind of going through it off and on. And one time when she got really sick. And, and we thought, okay, this is now like spreading all over her body and, and started to go to her brain. I thought that because I had gone through cancer that, or at least, well, I thought, and then my friends designated me as like, you're the person that is going to kind of help us coordinate all the help and what we do and what we say and what don't we say. And I realized through that experience that just because I had been through cancer, it didn't mean that I was the best qualified person to, to do all this coordination of, of how to best be there for Anyashka, because we all go through cancer so differently. It's such a personal experience, I think. And, and we react differently. We want different things throughout the process. There's, there's some people that like myself, I kind of pulled away from the world and went through that alone. And some people like to surround themselves with people. And so that was, that was what kind of led to the idea of, oh my gosh, this was really hard. It was hard going through it on my own. And then it was hard trying to be there for my friend when and how she needed me most. And so I kind of started mapping out on a napkin, like, well, I wish I had this and I wish I had that. And I wish I had that. And when she got a little better, I said, you know, I don't know if I was a good friend to you when you were sick. I feel like I didn't do the right things. I feel like I didn't say the right things. 
And I told her about the idea and she thought, you know, that that's a really good idea. I'm sure that other people would need something like that. And we started talking about two other uh, people that we knew that had cancer. And we said, what do you think about this? Or, and people really immediately started connecting with that concept of a way to make it easier to ask for help in a way mm-hmm. to make it easier to accept help. Um, so that both because uh, well, both of those things are incredibly hard, especially uh, for you and and myself too. Very mm-hmm. proud, hardworking women who can do everything. Yes. <laughs> it's it's and even for the, you know those who aren't type A, it doesn't matter. It's still really hard to ask for help. And going through a cancer diagnosis, most oftentimes you really don't know exactly what you need. And mm-hmm. so, how are other people supposed to help you with? whatever it is that you need. So yeah. coming up this with this app was pure genius. And um, I'm sorry, say your friend's name again. Anieszka. Anieszka. So um, how far along did you get in the process of developing the app before she passed? She, um, she was well enough. I mean, even when she was on her, on her way to her uh-huh. next journey, she, um, we were talking about the branding, the name, we had already identified the features uh, and we had people within, they heard about the idea, our ex-colleagues at Cisco, they're like, we're helping you. We'll, 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 what can we do? How can we contribute? So she fortunately had enough time where she knew we were doing this. Like our, our conversation became real. Mm-hmm. And even in the end, when she couldn't just participate anymore, I would leave her voicemail. So her husband mm-hmm. would play him for her or send her messages or send her little videos. And she said, you know, she can't see what you're doing, but she, I can, and she couldn't talk at that time anymore. And she said, she has a smile on her face, mm-hmm. So she must be, something must be getting through. And I mean, to me, that was just the most amazing experience, right? Like if that's all I accomplished with this, that I could bring a smile to her face in her last few days, then mm-hmm. oh, that's hard. Sorry. Oh, I get so emotional because everything was worth it. worth it. And what you have developed after, yes, you worked on the ideas together, but what you created after she passed is really a love letter to her and your, your friendship and your relationship. And, and that is what really gets, yes, there's drugs and there's treatment and this and that, but having the support of someone who gets it and Mm -hmm. who you, you can empathize with them and have that compassion for them. It is so, so important in the healing process and and in treatment. So um, we are going to take a quick break, but after break, we're going to break down the features and the app and all of the amazing things that it does. So listeners, please stay with us. If you would like to support Breast Friends, you can make a donation on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444, or please go to our website and under patient programs, see what Breast Friends can do for you. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. 
My Care Crew's mission is to make the cancer journey a little more bearable. They offer products and services that have been specially designed and curated to meet the needs of cancer patients, caregivers, and their loved ones. The mobile app connects patients and caregivers with their care crew to streamline day-to-day challenges experienced in the cancer journey. The app makes it easy for patients and caregivers to ask for help, manage the inflow of help from loved ones, share updates, create wish lists, and more. You can download the free app in the Apple and Android stores today. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is Paula Seafair, co-founder of My Care Crew app. And we are going to dig into the app now that we, we've been talking about. So, Paula, tell us the mission behind the app. What, what do you really feel like it's for? My, uh, our original mission, and, and it still stands today, is we just want to make this journey a little bit easier for other patients and other caregivers. And, and if that's all we accomplished, that for one person, we made it a little easier, that's, that's really all we hope to, to achieve. That is beautiful. So, and is it just patients or who can use the app? Who will it really benefit? Um, we started from a place of, of cancer because that's that's where I, my experience is. That's where I feel I have permission to speak from, but it's an app that can help anybody. Uh, the, the most consistent feedback we get when we've been doing demos is, well, why are you reserving it only for cancer patients and mm. caregivers? I mean, I'm going through a divorce. I could use this. Somebody else said my parent just died. I could have used this to coordinate it. And, and so, I mean, anybody who's going through a life changing experience can use it. Um, and we're not limiting the access to the free app to anybody. We've just started from a place of this is really helpful for cancer patients mm-hmm. and caregivers because that's that's our experience. But it really can help anyone who has gone through a trauma. So let's talk about the features. I was downloading it and, and looking at all the different things. So tell us what is actually in the app. In the app. Okay. So the, the first feature is one of the things that we wanted to do uh, for patients is give them back a little bit of the control over the things that they can't control. Cause in this cancer experience, I, I felt, and then Agnieszka, we both felt like so much was out of our control. Yep. Um, and at least one thing we could control is who is around us that we want in that inner circle, um, as we're going through this process. So the first feature in the app is the ability to invite the people you want to your private community. This is not a Facebook. It's not like everybody will have access to what you're saying. It's the people that you invite to your um, community. We call them a care crew. Mm-hmm. And then those people you invite, they get an email invitation, and then they get connected to your care crew. And once they're in your care crew, in the app, as a patient, you can ask for help. So you can say, I'm requesting, and then you can say, I need meal, transportations to the hospital, child care, all the different tasks daily tasks that you may need to uh, get help with. And you can put a lot of all the details you have, you, you need, like the date, the time, specific uh, instructions, and then those help requests are received by the people you select from your care crew. 
And then those people get a notification saying, oh, Paula's asking for this. Paula's asking for that. And then they can quickly say, yeah, I can do this. No, I can't do this. So that's one feature. The other feature, and it's what makes this app different from any other app we've seen in the market so far, is it allows the friends to offer help. So one of the things that Agnieszka used to say, I hate the question, how can I help you? I hate Mm -hmm. that question because I don't have an answer. I am so overwhelmed. I don't know how you can help me. And so we thought, well, if the friend, if the person, the patient can ask for very specific help, what if the friend could offer very specific help and say, you know what, Michelle, I don't know what help you need, but this is what I can do. I can babysit on these days. I can cook meals on these days. I can drive you on these days. And then the patient can say, that's good. That's good. That's not good. That's good. And that way it makes it easy. It's not like the onus on the patient to figure out what are all the things you need. It kind of balances mm-hmm. that need for asking for help. And it's yeah. genius because so many times when you're going through treatment, you're exhausted, your sleep schedule is mm-hmm. completely off. And sometimes you just don't feel like talking to people. Yeah. I, I remember that. Like I just, I just wanted to, to lay in bed and to do nothing, or I didn't want to talk about what I was going through 50 times. Yeah. And that is exhausting. And in the app, there's a section called on my mind, which yes. is where Um, You can do status updates and there's also Mm -hmm. a journal and a wellness tracker where you can track your mood. And Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so cute. Like you get little, yeah, you can click on it and there's, there's little symbols that you can put on there. I'm I'm currently reading my app here. Um, (laughs) Hopeful, happy, determined, relieved, grateful, confused, isolated, afraid, and sad. And you can put symptoms on there and you can select the people that you kind of want this to go out to because Mm -hmm. yes, you might want to invite 40 of your best friends, but really only four of them are the ones who are like, Oh God, I really want them to know about this. Yes. And it's, it's pure genius. And there's also a wish list if Mm -hmm. things that you need for, how did you, um, how did you come up with the different features? So the, all of those are just pain points that we all experience, meaning Nyeshka and I, and then we validate it with other patients. So the asking for help was a no brainer. The offering help where the care crew or a friend or family can offer help that also came from our own experience. And then we heard it a lot from other patients, the wellness tracker, where you could track your symptoms um, and your, your um, mood that actually happened that actually came from me because the medicine I was taken earlier in my treatment was impacting my mood. And and Mm. so the doctor had me track, you know, Uh let me know when you feel certain things. And so we can see which medication or what's making you feel that way. Um, The wish list came about because myself and other patients said, you know, I got all these gifts that either I couldn't enjoy or I couldn't eat, or there was just not something I needed at the time. And, mm-hmm. and we said, well, what if we could, you know, like you have, there's a wedding registry where you get to put what you wish yeah. for. Like, what if there's a cancer registry where you could create what you wish for? And that wish for what became interesting was it's not always just the gift. It could be an experience. It could be, you know, I just want to go for a walk, but I don't want to go by myself or I would mm-hmm. want to go for tea or, or it could be an item that I need. Like my friend who's son was going through cancer. She said, I needed a walker, but it was so expensive to go. You know, what if one somebody in my network had a walker that I could borrow? Mm-hmm. So that wish list could be anything. It could be a gift. It could be an experience. It could be a product that you need for a little bit. Maybe one of your friends has it. And, and that's how the idea of, of the wish list came about. 
I love that because there's, and as, as you go through it, you do figure out things more that you, that you need and that you want. Mm -hmm. And, but you don't really want to go, Oh, Hey, can someone buy me this? Or or can someone come do this? And this is kind of a way of just sliding that request in there without feeling funny about it because the people who you've invited. So, so, um, the patient or the caregiver can go to the Apple app store, the Android app store. So download the app on any of the stores, and then you register with basic information Mm -hmm. and then you get to invite people. And so that is when you can say, okay, this, these are the people that I want to invite to be in my circle, to be my care crew. And then you can just start from there. And I'm assuming that the invitees need to, they also will need to accept and download the app, which is no big deal. We do that every day. And then they're in that community. Mm -hmm. That it's that straightforward. Yeah. Perfect. Love that. that. Easy. Ooh, sorry, my phone ringing totally throw me off. Um, now you recently. I bet it was your phone and not my phone. <laughs> um, the so this is new. You you just launched this recently, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just about a month ago we launched it into the app stores. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love being part of the launch. So um, listeners out there, please definitely, when we're done with the episode, go and download this app and share it with friends and family. Even if you're not going through treatment, this is something that you could share with others because mm-hmm. over the course of time, you're going to find more and more people who get diagnosed with cancer or who go through a trauma or who just need help from something like this. So it is fabulous. Um, let's kind of talk about... so. Now we talked briefly about it, but now that you are a survivor, how do you view life differently or live differently? Um, I think now that, that, and and a lot of this comes from that working through the trauma and and getting professional help, which I highly advocate for, um, for all patients, I, I have a sense of clarity about what's important in life. What are the big rocks in my life? And I'm much more intentional and dare I say selfish about where I spend my energy and my time. Like I no longer feel bad saying no to things. Okay. Sometimes I feel bad, but, but I'm more comfortable (laughs) saying no to things because then that would mean it takes energy away from either my family or the work that I'm doing. Or so I've just become a lot more intentional about what I want and then how I use my energy and my time. Yes, yeah. I completely understand that. I I learned to develop boundaries because mm-hmm. I I'm I'm a caregiver. I'm the Enneagram I think two, which is the helper, and like that that is what I do. I take care of others yeah. to the detriment of myself usually, and it it really showed me that yes, it is okay to have boundaries, and it is okay. No is a complete sentence. Um, I love that. No is a complete sentence. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to use that. Please <laughs> do. It, it came down from the founder of Breast Friends, Sharon Hennepin, who taught it to my mentor, Yvonne Nydigger, who is my silver lining from my cancer. And she, she's she been working on that with me for the past few years. And I'm finally learning to say no. No. Yeah. Oh, I love I'm going to use that. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. It truly is genius. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I, I found that the other... And again, being a doer, I used to be a do, 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 do productivity focused. I, I've, I feel that I've, be, I've been able to shift from not perfectly, but I'm a work in progress from doing to being and learning what that means. And that I think has been the biggest, most profound uh, impact of cancer on, on my life is it's learning to just be 
mm-hmm. and, and learning, understand and appreciate what that means. Yes, I completely understand that. It, it just changes your viewpoint and your focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had a friend who was diagnosed today, what, what three things would you tell them on how to move forward or what helped you? Um, I think the first thing I, I would say is get professional help from the beginning. I, I know I've repeated that over and over again, but I cannot underestimate the importance of having not just your family and your friends, but having a professional psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, whatever you feel comfortable with, a coach, somebody that knows how to manage these traumatic experiences and they can walk you through it. Like, don't try to do this alone. I wish, I wish somebody had told me that when I started my process and not like three or four years into it, I think it would have mm-hmm. been a much different experience for me. It would have been a much more humane experience for me having that, that person help me through, through all the emotions that, that was, that would be my number one thing. My number two thing would be, be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. Doctors are experts. They know their thing, but you know, you, and if something doesn't feel right, something doesn't sound right. Something just, even if you just need to talk it through three more times, be your own advocate, talk it through three more times. This is mm-hmm. your life. And in the beginning of the process, I was, I feel like I was such a wimp and I was like, okay, whatever they told me, I would just take it and accept it and do it. Well, they're, then, they're the experts and we're, we're taught as, as yeah. we grow that we trust our doctors and, and it's not that we shouldn't trust our doctors, but if something it's, it's, it's called the good patient syndrome that you go in and you don't want to disappoint your doctor. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're just like, okay, yes, thank you. Yeah. And it's not like we should, you know, argue with them over things that they're telling us or ways for treatment, but you really should understand. And if you don't, yes. like you said, ask and ask again, or yes. get a second opinion because yes. no one else is going to do that for us. No. And, and, and when something doesn't feel right, say it, voice it. Um, I, I had a doctor at one point who, right after my thyroid uh, diagnosis, like a month after that, they discovered uh, tumors in my ovaries and my uterus. And so the I was working between the two doctors trying to figure out, well, what do we treat first, the thyroid or do we treat the ovary? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember the, the ovary doctor, whatever you call his um, profession, I, I don't like and is that not an endocrinologist, but whatever whatever the ovary doctor is a gynecologist. I, okay, a yeah, gynecologist. I think, uh, yes, <laughs> I think right. <laughs> the woman who did my hysterectomy was a oncological gynecologist. There you go. That's that a phrase. gentleman. I'll never forget. <laughs> that is a phrase. Um, he he sat there across this table and said to me, "Well, you only have a ten percent chance of that being a cancer. Now, are you going to take all your organs out of your body because there's a ten percent chance of having cancer?" Um, and yes. for a minute, I just sat there at, and, and my normal self would not say anything. I would just be like, okay, let's just work through this. Then I was like, you know what? No, I said that thyroid cancer, I had a less than 1% chance of that being cancer. You're telling me this is 10% and this ovarian cancer, I understand it's much more aggressive. So I, I just remember that to me was the point where it kind of triggers something in my mind. It's like, I got to fight for I got to fight for me because nobody else is going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 10% so is, is pretty high when you think that's about pretty it. Pretty high. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if, if, if it's going to take 10%, yeah, take it out of my body. I don't need that ovary. I have my child. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, be, I definitely be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. Push I'll, back but, if you need to. Ask questions if you need to, and 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 be okay with that. Don't 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 just sit back and go with everything that you're told. Yes, one hundred percent. So you mentioned your son and that he was very young and and you know grew as you were going through these various things. What was your biggest parenting challenge during um, your diagnosis mm-hmm. and treatment? Um, just the physical fatigue was my number one. I was so exhausted all the time that I just, just sitting and playing with him for more than 20, 30 minutes. I, I was just, you know, go take a nap. Um, so that I feel like he, he I don't, I mean, I, he probably doesn't even remember any of this because he was so young, but I feel like I wasn't the best parent I could have been in that space of time. Um, and then more you know, beyond the physical aspect of it was, making sure that my mindset and my anxiety and what I was going through wasn't spilling onto him. Mm -hmm. Um, That was, I think my, my uh, mentally, my biggest challenge to, to work through. I'm sure some of it did, but you know, yes, I don't know that I actually succeeded at that because I definitely experienced a lot of those same things. My son is great, but he definitely does have anxiety that we're working so through mine. and, yeah. and same he thing. actually, he's been going through some challenges lately and he actually asked, he has a counselor that he sees and he hasn't seen her in two years. And he goes, can we go back and see our doctor? I'm like, yes, yes. thank you. I, I, I love that. I've started my son on that path that he's okay to ask for that. Yes. I am with you. I, my, I could see traces of that anxiety in my son. He's only eight now, but, mm-hmm. and I think COVID may have had something oh, to do with 100%. it. And, you know, it, it just kind of grew from there. And I know my, I think my husband thought I was a little bit off when I said, I, I want him to talk to somebody. There's, mm-hmm. there's no reason why we need to suffer through anxiety. There's tools, there's, yep. there's treatments, there's therapies, there's, and, and if you can teach those to a child and have him grow with that insight and that knowledge, why not? Yeah. So, 100%. I think everyone should go to therapy. Um, yes. One, <laughs> uh, everyone should go. Everyone's got things they need to work through with someone else who is mm-hmm. not in your house or your immediate friend circle. Um, if you move back to the States while your son is still of a younger age, there's an amazing organization here called Camp Kesem. And okay. I can't talk about this place enough. They do free week-long summer camps for kids whose families have been affected by cancer. And oh, okay. they're staffed by college students. It started at Stanford, gosh, I think 12 years ago. And now there's chapters literally all over the country. And my son goes every week, every summer for a week. And it's like old-fashioned summer camp. It's amazing. So listeners, check out Camp Kesem. So we are going to take another quick break, but please stay with us. If you would like to be a guest on the show or send me your warrior story, you can email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. 
My Care Crew's mission is to make the cancer journey a little more bearable. They offer products and services that have been specially designed and curated to meet the needs of cancer patients, caregivers, and their loved ones. The mobile app connects patients and caregivers with their care crew to streamline day-to-day challenges experienced in the cancer journey. The app makes it easy for patients and caregivers to ask for help, manage the inflow of help from loved ones, share updates, create wish lists, and more. You can download the free app in the Apple and Android stores today. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is Paula Seafair, and we are talking about Paula's cancer journey and how it developed into this amazing app called My Care Crew, which you can download wherever you get your apps. And Paula, I kind of want to jump back to the app for a minute because I forgot to talk about um, one of the things that you also have an online shop that Mm -hmm. has um, useful merchandise in it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So one of the things that we wanted to do uh, to make the wish list aspect easier and to make it um, just easier for cancer patients to find the things that they would need during their treatment uh, was to create an online store where we curate things that will help you with post-surgery treatment, where with um, treatment side effects. So whether you're having chemo or radiation and all the side effects that go along with it, we curate the products that you would you could use if, if you wanted to things with mindfulness. So products, tools, books, journals, anything that's related to mindfulness and cancer uh, gifts for kids, teens, caregivers, patients. Um, and then the other thing that we started to do is, as we've gone through the process of cancer is that you become much more aware of the ingredients that are in products. So we've started to add a section around clean beauty. And then we want to add a section around cleaning products for the house so that it just kind of evolves into this, what you need during your process for treatment and during treatment and post-treatment. And then once you're out of that phase and you start to be more holistic and more uh, intentional about what you put in your body, on your body and in your environment, that we have the products that we would um, curate it for, for those different phases of the cancer journey. And then all of that can be easily connected. If at one click, you can connect the products from the store into the wish list in the app. That is genius. And one thing I really like, actually, when I was scrolling through the app earlier today, I saw that there's a little quote in the corner, like never give up. You can actually Mm -hmm. put inspirational quotes on there and just, and it doesn't, and like you had mentioned earlier, this doesn't have to be just for patients doing this. A, A caregiver or a best friend can really do this for a patient. If the patient is not up for it, you know, so they can have that one person. So it can work in in all of those different ways. So I love that. Um, so where are you now? I, we've talked briefly a little bit about it, but in your, your NED, your, um, but so you're, you're, you're past your cancer, but is it ever really a part of your past? For me, it hasn't been so far. I, I feel like I was sharing that I had my scans like two weeks ago. Um, it's amazing how just like the littlest of things trigger you. So I was getting, uh, I got scans, normal procedure. I had my ultrasound and in this particular uh, appointment, for some reason, it took twice as long. Mm. 
Mm. For some reason, she started to go, not just the normal areas that I know they do, but then she started in the, the back of my neck. She went up into my head and the brain and the lungs tend to be a place where my kind of cancer goes to. And that immediately triggered me. It was like, oh my God, she's going into my head. And it, instead of taking like 30 minutes, like they normally do, it was like a 50 minute session. And I'm like, okay. And I asked her, I'm like, are you seeing something? Why are you taking so many pictures? And of course they can't tell you, but I right. thought I still ask anyway. And so it was, it was crazy how like that one, one incident, it just completely triggered me. So that whole week, it, I normally get scan study, but that week it was, I really was going through a high level of anxiety. I didn't talk to my husband about it or anybody. I just felt like I needed to kind of go through it myself. And I remember going into my doctor appointments and, and she came in and she said, what's wrong? And I said, well, you tell me what's wrong. What, what, like, what's I'm dying. What, what's <laughs> yeah, wrong? Like, tell me. Why goes, were they doing that? Mm-hmm. She goes, Let me start with your numbers are good. They're going in the right direction. I said, okay, now we can talk because I have been dying for a week. So, mm-hmm. you know, cancer is one of those things that even though you may get a NAD, it doesn't end there because that's sometimes when you start the emotional dealing of cancer. So I, I, I wish people would prepare you for that. I wish doctors would prepare you for that. You know, Ned is, is just part of the journey. You're still going to have to go through this other emotional process that you need to go through. Oh, 100%. Because when doctors are there for your treatment, they, they're mm-hmm. removing the cancer from your body or helping manage it as best as possible. And then they're like, okay, you can go now. And we're like, where yeah. am I supposed to go? You know, yeah. you go from this having multiple appointments every week to be like, okay, you're good. We'll see you in six months or even God forbid a year. My oncologist just tried to put me on the year plan. I was like, nope, I will see you in six months because (laughs) that's just where I'm at. And I had a very similar experience with an ultrasound last year. I was just having some pain. So they were doing an ultrasound and unbeknownst to me, I had a essentially a technician in training. And so the amount of pictures that she was taking, I literally was laying on the table, just tears rolling down my face because I was positive that there was something there that I was going to have to deal with. And then she's like, She's like, okay, I'll be back. I have to go get my supervisor. And I'm like, oh my God, it must be something giant they have to look at. And she came back and, um, and then they finally told me that she was in training. So she was just doing, you know, I'm like, what you could have told me that earlier told me, you know, it's funny how, yeah, it's the little things that you would think hospitals going through this day in and day out as well as they do their job. Cause I I am very happy with my cancer center uh, in Florida. Yeah. It's just those little things that sometimes trigger you and, and, and you spinning off into all these what ifs and what what if it's that and what if it's this and yeah how do you how do you cope with that fear of the the what ifs do you do you try to tamp it down or do you process through it I, I the old me would have just gotten so busy with work and that I would just push stuff aside um, the new me I am I'm very much into meditation these days so I spend at least forty five minutes every morning just sitting there with my emotions, my feelings, and trying to meditate through them. And, and I just try to work through them now. I, I don't try to push them away. I don't always successfully do it, but that focus has shifted to sit there and let it, let it fester, feel those ugly emotions, because unless you do, they're going to be there at some level in your body. They're going to be there and give you ulcers and headaches and tension, you know, aches in your body. So the working through it is, is important. I definitely Mm. have also found that finding a daily mantra to 
to really help you get through the day. Um, I found one in a book from one of my guests a while ago. Her name is Dr. Michelle Cambolis. And it was, I'm grateful for this breath. I'm grateful for this body and I'm grateful for this life. And just, if you sit and think about it, it's, I'm, I'm very grateful just to be here yeah. and, and look at how fortunate I am that I am no evidence of disease after going through it twice. And it's just, it really puts things in a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that would be the other takeaway for you had asked me, what would I recommend to somebody who's just starting this process? And mm-hmm. in addition to like getting therapy and being your own advocate, was be that focus on, on your mindset and focus on, on learning the tools that are available out there to manage your mindset. I think that plays such a big role. And I I wish I had known that in the beginning, um, managing your your brain, but we're not, we're not prepared because we always think, Oh, there's, I'm not going to get cancer. That's it's not going to happen to me. So it's just not something we're like, okay, let's, let's prepare for this mental work. And yes, it's good to prepare for the mental work for other things that are going mm-hmm. through because we all have trauma. I mean, we've all been through trauma the past two years yes. in, in terms of pandemic. And it's just figuring out how to move forward and no matter what the situation is, is super important. So let's jump back to the app and what you're doing with my care crew. What is the most challenging part of putting this all together? Uh, of putting it together. Um, I think the, the, <laughs> just the app technology side of it, like working with, with the developers and, and trying to create a product that will add value mm-hmm. um, and that it's really designed to address the critical pain points that a cancer patient experiences or a caregiver experiences. And so we've spent, and I've spent a lot of time, months, actually more than a, a year and a half, just researching and talking to people. And this, this work, this, this, what you would need is this, what you would want. So I think that was the most, from a, just a physical standpoint, that was the most challenging part of, of putting my character together. And from an emotional standpoint, we were talking about this during the pre-session was you meet so many people in this space and unfortunately not all those people are always with us. So every time that I, that I learned that one of those people in our community have passed away or I Mm -hmm. no longer hear from them, I always get that somebody else gained the angel wings and that part, you think it get easier with time, but it doesn't. Every, every person has that same level of, of that reaction that you have inside of you. Oh my God. They're mm-hmm. no longer here. Oh my God, their family is missing them. Or so that that part, I don't know. I have to figure out how to deal with that. I don't think I figured it out because um, it just hits me every time I learn of somebody who's gained the angel wings. We've we've actually lost a lot of women over the past few years, and many of them young at Breast Friends. We actually had a a end of life um, counselor come in and speak mm-hmm. with us. She actually works with patients who are at the end of life. Her name is. Um, Kelly Grossclags, and she's amazing on Facebook. You can find her at Conversations with Kelly. But she really came in and gave us some counseling on how to deal deal with the loss because what we do, it's it's a service from the heart. Like we want to help mm-hmm. others, but that that is part of it because we, you know, you can't you can't stop the loss and the heartbreak, which is super. It it's a heavy heavy emotions to bear mm-hmm. even though we know we're doing we're doing good so that brings me to my next question what is the most rewarding part of what you're doing the most rewarding part um 
I think it has been hearing from, from well, the, the most rewarding part in the beginning was knowing that in those last days that Anyashka had, that mm-hmm. the progress we were making and that the voice messages that I was leaving, that that was putting a smile on her face when, when she was um, mm-hmm. not doing well. So, so that was like my husband kept telling me and that's what kept me going for as long as if that's all you accomplished, uh, you know, you've been successful, you've got, you've accomplished your goal. And I said, absolutely. And then seeing some of that in other people, strangers that have started to use the app. And then I get comments of, thank you for putting this together, or mm-hmm. this helped me do that, or this helped me just hearing that feedback that, that it made their life a little easier. It's like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep trying. <laughs> let's <laughs> keeps me motivated to know that it's helping people. Now, I know we had talked previously that you had developers who helped you develop this um, on their own time, essentially mm-hmm. for, um, and I know they were volunteering in the beginning. Is it, did mm-hmm. they, is the, the back end of this pretty much made by volunteers? No, no, we have a, an actual developer. We've okay. paid uh, for the mm-hmm. app. So that's a, done by a, a company. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the volunteers were more ex-colleagues who thought this, this was a great idea and that they wanted to spend their time with. So for instance, one of them was an engineer from, mm-hmm. from a technology company. Somebody else was a marketer, somebody else. We had an agency, uh, MRM out of California, who, when they heard about the project, they, they offered to do the, the design of the app. So the, mm-hmm. the, the colors, the branding, yep. the, all those, the beautiful part of, of the app and how it functioned, uh, the flows, they did that pro bono. So I, I want to give nice. kudos to, to, yes, they, they spent, I think close to a year working with us, making sure that the app was something that would be easy to use and nice, visually pleasing to see. And so that part was pro bono, but the actual coding and the architecture uh-huh. and all that, we're working with Amazon as our, our back end architecture, and then uh-huh. working with the developer, a company who's creating and doing all the code. And most of this was out of your own pocket, correct? So far, yes. Yeah. This Are was, there ways that people can donate or to the MyCare crew or? Um, right now, what we're just asking is for for uh, for people to use our online store because the sales that we generate through the online store is going back into either the app or into hopefully in the future new products that we can come up with to help more cancer patients and, and caregivers. So um, the focus would be if, if people come to our website and then they mm-hmm. buy products through our website. Perfect. They're like affiliate programs where you get yes. cash back from that. Yes. Um, do you have thoughts and plans on how to add to the app or other products that you want to do in the future? We do. We have a roadmap of ideas of things that we want to add. We want to focus uh, on looking and leveraging technology in a way that will help us as individuals um, kind of get better at determining, oh, I'm, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling lonely or I'm getting depressed. The kinds of activities, if you use AI, there's some companies that have started to experiment on helping people auto kind of auto diagnose, you should go for a walk now. Or normally you feel really happy when you do this. So kind of help you trigger ideas of things that you should be doing so that you can feel better on your own um, without having to like go and visit a doctor or whatnot. So we want to experiment with AI and, and other technology available to help people gain control back of, okay, I'm feeling this. What can I do to make it better? Nice. Um, Yeah. I like that. So literally we have about a minute left. So tell us where, where people can tell us all the things, the website, the, 
the app, the social media? So for, for the website, you can find us at mycarecrew.co. It doesn't have an M at the end. It's just co. Mm-hmm. Um, to find me, the easiest place would probably be LinkedIn. So policy for in LinkedIn, I, I have uh, my email and all my contact details there. Um, and all our social medias are, are on our website. So that's probably the easiest place to find us. It's the website. Perfect. So listeners, I cannot recommend this app enough. I wish I wish I had this when I was going through because setting up the the meals and the the writing and the different places, it's it was I was sending people to all these different places. And now you can do everything in one place at the My Care Crew app. So Paula, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Thank you. It, it has been quite a pleasure. So listeners, please go to the website and download My Care Crew dot co yes mm-hmm. mycarecrew.co and then on the, you can download in the app store sorry uh, <laughs> that, or that's you can can- download it from the website we've linked them from the website nice too. that that is cancer brain at its best right there squirrel <laughs> not knowing not knowing what i'm going to say next that's the joy of what we're doing here so listeners if you need breast friends please go to our website breastfriends.org and see what we can do for you you can make a donation there or by texting bf radio to 41444 to ensure that no one goes through cancer alone. And I, you can find our show old episodes on all of your podcast platforms and also on the voice America health and wellness channel. If you would like to sponsor an episode, be a guest or send me your story. I can be reached at Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.